Welcome to Politics Done Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show here at KPFT 90.1 FM Houston. Today in the studio with me is my good friend, uh, a patriot, somebody who went to Iraq for us, somebody who played music with me back in the old days in Panama as a member of the Dynamics. Roberto Lewis, welcome to Politics Done Right. How are you doing today? A great supporter of our program. Well, it is a pleasure to be here with you and also to, to uh, share this time with uh, KPFT, with Mr. Politics Done Right. Well, look, thank you very much for being here. You know, we're, we're, uh, I, I always like an opportunity to whenever you're in the air, any of our supporters are in the area, like say, hey, come on into the studio and let's say hi to the public, etc., etc., etc. On the chat, we already have people coming in. Welcome aboard, great old, great Peggy Lopez. Thank you for being here. Anyhow, folks, we have a great show for you today. Please remember to call in 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. Uh, for those who are Christians, Happy, or I should say, I don't think I should say happy, but felicitaciones on Good Friday. Good Friday. In the control room with us today, we have the one and only Andrew, and of course, the guy who liked to call himself the oldest intern. We have no one else but Stuart. Anyway, guys, thank you guys for engineering the show back in there. We simply could not do it without you. Well, Stuart, get everything together. How are you doing today, my dear friend, Stuart? Talk to me. Uh, this is Andrew. <laughs> I mean, Andrew, I, I'm getting old. I'm getting old. I'm getting old. I'm yeah, getting old. it Talk happens. Talk to me, Andrew. How's it going? I'm all right. How are you doing yourself, I, Egberto? I am doing fine. I'm just watching our good old folks at the State House make fools of themselves mm -hmm. just creating laws and laws that just uh, that is punitive against the people who didn't vote against them. Yep. No person involved in government should want to hurt those who voted against them. They would want to bring them into the fold. They would want to say, I know you didn't vote for me, but you know what? I am going to try to earn your trust. I probably won't earn your vote the next time around, but I want to at least earn your trust. Mm -hmm. But when you are kids, when you have the mind of children, when you decide that you will not be a real human being, what can you ask for? And that is what we've had running Texas for the last few decades. People, the reason many of us are dying without the health care that we should all have, which the, which the federal government has been providing for free and now for 10%, the, the Medicaid expansion to the Affordable Care Act. Now many of you continue to die because your Republican state legislature decided that they wouldn't give it to you. Now in coming on tomorrow, effective tomorrow, many of you who were currently getting the benefits out of the, the COVID-19 legislation that gave you coverage for medical coverage. Many of you will be receiving calls in the next few weeks telling you that, guess what? You are no longer covered for your health care. It will happen in Texas. Why will it happen in Texas? Because your Republican legislature decided not to support the Medicaid expansion to the Affordable Care Act, which gives you the health care at an affordable price. But because it's not there, you make too much to get Medicaid, but you make too little to be able to afford your health care. Talking about family values, speak about we care about family, we love families. That tells you something else. Anyway, 
Call us, 713-526-5738. Bruce Pollard is in the house. Bruce, you're absolutely right. My eyes are doing a lot better. I can see. When Roberto came to the studio today, the first thing I told Roberto is, Hermano, puedo ver. I can actually see my brother. I can actually see. Anyhow, you, you know, you wanted to say something? Well, I, I, I was just amazed that you can uh, just see everything clear now. Well, you know, Lou, Lou called my wife up. Yeah, come closer to the mic when you speak, though. Lou came to, to Kingwood to visit me over the weekend, and we were making some Panamanian food, right? And I was, I was picking up oil with a spoon yes. that had holes in it <laughs> to take it to another pot. And he got concerned. So he didn't tell me anything. You know, that's kind of a Panamanian thing. I don't know why we do that. But he didn't tell me anything. So he goes to my wife and he said, hey, he really needs to do something about his eyes. You know, he was moving oil with a a, a spoon with holes in it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but anyway, folks, let's get serious about this. Uh, so, Bruce, thank you for asking about the eyes. My eyes seem to be doing fine. I can actually see. It's amazing how bright things are. I do the next surgery in a week or two. I don't remember. I have to check the dates. Anyway, GOP Excel expels two Democrats from the Texas from the Tennessee legislature, not Texas, from the Tennessee legislature. It wouldn't surprise me if we did that in Texas. Why do we want to forgive student debt? There are good reasons why we should forgive student debts. And if we can get to it, Thomas, Thomas, uh, Justice Thomas, I tell you, it's pay for play, pay for play. He likes to play like he's a humble man. He likes to play as if he wants to just go to the he can go to the Walmart parking lot and hang out with the people out there in their, in their trailers and their RVs, right? We find out that, no, he likes luxury. One of his vacations was, was uh, I, I think, over $500,000 if he paid for it out of pocket. One vacation. Wow, that would last a lot of people a lifetime. Anyhow, the GOP expelled two Democrats for exercising their free speech rights in Tennessee. Tennessee's legislature, there are economic and fairness reasons to abolish student debt. Clarence Thomas is selling the Supreme Court of the United States. E2247, welcome to Politics Done right on the chat. Bridge MCP says, glad to see you. And I took your advice uh, yesterday, Bridge MCP, but my wife kind of forced it. Ashley and Linda went ahead and forced me out from in front of a screen the entire day. I told her I had to queue something up for the three o'clock show, so they allowed me to just do that and summarily marched me over to the room and said, no, you will not see the screen until today. Anyhow, let's get busy. I was late preparing for our Politics Done Right program today. I had so far successful cataract surgery on my right eye yesterday. Both my wife and daughter forbade me from doing any work yesterday or last night. The doctor told them to keep me away from screens and they monitored me all day and night. I felt like a prisoner in my own house. Early this morning, I went to check up that uh, I went to a checkup that was very positive with most restrictions removed. The doctor looked at the eye and he said, no swelling, everything looks perfectly fine. He gave me a detail of exactly what they did, etc. By the way, it was a woman who operated on, on, uh, on me yesterday. It's interesting because my daughter saw her name and my daughter said, Dad, you're going to be in good hands. We women, when we do operations, we are much better because we know we have to be twice as good. 
I ran over to the closest Starbucks when I was done with the show. Actually, I was on the I was on the phone with the Steve Hunter, the Steve uh, Steve Hunter show this morning on the way to the Starbucks. Told him about it. But anyway, the uh, as I got into into the Starbucks today, the preferred chairs that gave me some privacy were all taken. So I had to sit down in that sort of center table. I sat at that table, set up, and started writing, writing this show. A guy came up to my table about five minutes after and said, I saw you looking at the seat I was in, and I know it is more private and cozy. Please take it. I preach all of the time that most people are good, man. And when that guy just came and said, take my chair, I felt like, wow, again, I'm in a, in a Starbucks that, not my Starbucks in Kingwood, but a Starbucks in, Kin, in, in Umble, and he just comes and he offers me his seat. When, when we, when we, the job preconceived, when we, hi, I made a mistake on that one. Uh, the preconceived notions of others that we are all guilty of doing because of external cues, our inherent humanity is realized. Again, when we take a look at our preconceived notions, it's amazing how quickly our humanity comes out. I thanked the man and I declined. I said, no, not, not really. I thank you, but I'm okay here. I imagine just as well, he enjoyed the spot. He said, hey, I listen to you all of the time in my car. I love what you're trying to do. I'm like, wow, thanks, man. Appreciate that. In these times where we have our plutocracy has, or has orchestrated dissension among us all by political party, religion, race, gender, and every permutation thereof, knowing that there are many out there who get it is humbling and makes me extremely happy and determined to continue by all means necessary. So to Mark, who I saw in that Starbucks in Humble, you may not have known it at that time, but you made my day. 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738, extension numero dos, extension numero dos. Bruce Pollard in the house, Bridge MCP in the house, E2247 in the house, May Wood in the house, Lee Grant in the house. Thank you, Emma Beckers in the house. Uh, wow, we, we're filled up already. Peggy Lopez in the house. Let me tell you guys, thank you for being here. Don't forget to share. All right, let's start with the GOP. And folks, if you want to get involved with the conversation, please give us a call, 713-526-5738. And for all of you who got the newsletter about the show this morning, remember it was yet another rush job that I had to get together just before driving up here. But you'll see the corrected version, politicsunright.com slash newsletter. politicsunright.com slash newsletter. All right. Republicans are setting a dangerous precedent that brought to its that that brought to its demographic conclusion will end with the party's extinction. Common Dreams wrote about it as follows. Republicans in the Tennessee House of Representatives on Thursday voted to expel representatives Justin Jones and Justin J. Pearson. Two of three Democrats who recently interrupted a floor session with chants for gun control in the wake of the deadly Covenant school shooting in Nashville. This is a historic day for Tennessee, but it may mark a very dark 
day for Tennessee because it will signal to the nation that there is no democracy in this state. Jones, Democrat from District 52, said just before he was officially ousted in a 72 to 25 vote by Republican-controlled chamber. It will signal to the nation that if it can happen here in Tennessee, it's coming to your state next. And that is why the nation is watching us, what we do here. That's from Jones, Democrat of District 52 in Tennessee. After Austin Jones, the Tennessee House GOP moved on to the resolution targeting Gloria Johnson, Democrat of District 13, who is white, by the way. Jones is black. The first Jones is black. That vote was 65 to 30. Remember, they voted out the black guy 72 to 25. All three of them did the same thing. They protested on the floor because of gun control. After Austin June, Jones, the Tennessee House GOP moved on to the resolution targeting Representative Gloria Johnson, Democrat, who is white. The vote was 65 to 30 falling short of the two-thirds majority required to expel her. Republicans then turned to the measure to force out Pearson, Democrat of 86, and not the third Democrat of the trio. Those three together are against the violence of guns that's occurring in Tennessee. The three of them protested. So it's time for the second black guy. In the vote against Pearson, who, like Jones, is black, the result was 69 to 26 in favor of removal, and his seat was taken. Asked by reporters after her vote why she was spared expulsion while Jones was not, Johnson responded, I'll answer your question. This is a white Democrat, the woman who was, ex who was spared expulsion, but was with the two black guys protesting. She said, it might have to do with the color of my skin. It, you know, that, it, that those words came out of her mouth was important. It was important because it said, I understand the privilege that I had, that I could do something that others would pay a penalty, pay a price for. But the mere fact of who I am, the mere fact of my being, I would not be expelled. That is who, and you know, let me tell you, don't believe that the Republican Party in Tennessee did not understand the message they were sending. Do not understand that, they, that these guys weren't trying to say, you guys will remain in your place. And no matter what, we have got your back. This, is a, this was made for two specific reasons. Not to protect the Democratic Party, but to let those white, brave people in the Democratic Party understand that no matter what, Republican, white supremacist Republican will have your backs. So it is okay, white Democrats. It is okay for you to come home. It is okay for you to come back to the, not come back. It is okay for you to come and join this new Republican Party because we have your back. If you doubt it, understand what happened in North Carolina a couple of days ago when we had a white Democrat, a woman, 
decided that after all the pressure, after Democrats elected her into office, she joined the fold of the Republican Party to help them attain a, a, a more, a stronger majority. Folks, the game that Republicans are playing is a fatal game to the democracy in this country. Understand what they're trying to do in dissension. You know what I preach. I preach we are all in this boat together. What they want to teach you is no. We will, we will, we will give you credit. We will honor you if you forget about being the good folks that you're supposed to be and join us. 713-526-5738. All lines are open. Before I go to the next subject, I would love to hear from you. 713-526-5738. I need to hear your thoughts on this. I don't care who you are, what your beliefs are, conservative, Republican, Democrat, anarchist, liberal, progressive. I want to talk. I said anarchist and I got a big smile. Why did I see that big smile out of you, brother, uh, brother Andrew? Well, because that, that about that about describes me pretty well. <laughs> I know it almost is. That's why I, that's why I touched on you. It's like, mm. let me go to Mike Honig or conservative Democrats left wings guy. <laughs> so, but, but your thoughts about what I had to say thus far? Well, um, I think that, uh, as I, as I told you just before we started actually the show, um, uh, this is more about what's happening in the Texas legislature right now, but there are a few bills uh, going around. I, w I wish I had the, the numbers, no, that's, that's fine. but yeah. uh, there are at least three bills I know right now that Republicans are trying to push in, in the Texas legislature to um, really restrict voter choice at the polls to try and make it so that uh, it's harder for a political party, uh, any political party, to... Uh, retain ballot access for you know the next five years, the next five elections. They're trying to raise the minimum vote share from two percent up to ten percent. Of course, they're hoping that they can push. Uh, Republicans are hoping they can push Democrats down below that ten percent threshold so that they can just eliminate their opposition. It's also going to be harmful for third parties so that we all have fewer choices at let's the polls. Let's go but, dig a little deeper into that because I don't think Americans on, or, or Texans understand what you're saying. There are some districts mm -hmm. where you may actually have uh, the, the Democratic representation under 90 percent. Right. Uh, right. I mean, uh, oh, uh, yeah, under uh, under 90 percent. And in that regards, they, nobody better not even try to run there. Yeah, absolutely. There, there are absolutely uh, safe seats here in the U.S., here right. in Texas. Uh, and there's in those places you really don't have competitive elections already because the the way that it's either the makeup of the you know political leanings of the population rarely or what's more likely is it's been gerrymandered to hell and back and there's really no chance for any other party to to, to make a foothold but right. to, to connect this to what you were saying yeah. is that these kinds of efforts are being made by Republicans in legislatures, in uh, local, um, you know, decision rooms, in and, and at the federal level across the country to try and consolidate their own power, and and that's what happens when uh, you know Republicans manipulate election rules, manipulate rules, and and try to wield these. Um, these rules of decorum in these legislatures uh, to their own advantage. Right. Absolutely. So, so folks, I, 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 I want to go to the, before I go to the next subject, I'd love, I, 
I know there are a bunch of you listening. Uh, most of you stay quiet. I understand. I, I, I sometimes I sometimes I'm like, well, I want to leave some room here for folks to call in and ask or put their sounds in there. But I know a lot of you just like to be hearing all the material that we go ahead and research and present to you. But this is a bi-directional thing. My folks on the chat, they're extremely active right now, and I'm going to read some of the stuff that they have on the chat. But they're really going going at it in the chat. Uh, but I'd love to hear from those of you that are on air, 713-526-5738. Show us that on-air radio still has this thing that some of you want to call in and let your voice be heard throughout the entire South South uh, Southeast Texas. 713-526-5738. Extension numero dos, 713-526-5738. Show folks that... That on-air radio is still a viable mechanism. 713-526-573-AIR. Okay, uh, uh, Peggy Lopez says, Justin is my new hero. What an amazing young man. And she's absolutely right. If you took a look at what he had to say, it's amazing how, uh, how articulate he is on the particular subject. Likewise, we have Bruce Pollard who agrees that human beings are in fact, uh, compassionate. And what we have, and this is something that I try to get to people, we have externalities, folks. We have psychologically tested messaging placed out by the plutocracy, by your oligarchy, to create dissension among us, to create hate among us. But our natural state is not to hate each other. You sit down in any coffee shop and you start talking about a kid or you start talking, and you see how quickly folks coalesce onto just humane things. Then you get those, again, who psychologically tries to get, get activated, that part of our animal instinct that says, I must preserve, this is existential, I must preserve myself. And to preserve myself, look, if some, if, look even if a friend tried to harm my daughter, my, my, what kicks into me is not, Egberto, I wonder why this person is trying to harm my daughter. My immediate kick in is, you try to harm my daughter, I protect my daughter. Now, what the, the messaging that comes out to America, and specifically what the oligarchy is preaching to you via what we call the right wing, is to make you believe that those other people out there they are out to get you. They are taking your birthright. They are out there trying to harm you. When all they're saying is, I want to exist like everybody else. I want to, I, I, we are in a country where everybody can exist, not equally if you don't want to work equally. I mean, if Roberto out here is busting his butt 18 hours a day and I'm busting my butt four hours a day, I would be foolish to believe in equity between Roberto and myself. Roberto is working harder. He earned making more. But we should have something also called equity. And what that means is because Roberto decided he wants to work very hard and I don't, doesn't mean that I have no right to be a human being and still in existence. Some people want to live the natural life. That's what it's all about. Folks, we cannot allow the constancy of, the, of, of, of removing our humanity, which is what the right wing has been doing. 
when have you seen people against each other like we are seeing now? Bridge MCP salutes you, Roberto. She wants to say hello to you. Emma Becker says, the Tennessee legislature is a racist and not even hiding it. Again, there was a calculated message that was put out when they made sure that the white woman who is a Democrat as well and who is in concert with the two Justins, they wanted to tell that message was distinct. Guys, your home is still with us and we won't harm you. We just want to get rid of them. Come on in, Jack. Welcome to Politics Done Right. Hello, uh, Egberto. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah, I, I kind of wrote a little rant myself this morning. Uh, you know, I sent you a, a text on some gun stuff. Last night it's I saw your text and my wife saw me reading your stuff and she told me to put the phone down. But yes, I got your text. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm, it's kind of the same thing, theme. You know, to me, the Republican Party is 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 being played by the same billionaires that are promoting the fascism. I mean, they've co-opted the Supreme Court, they've stacked it to the right, so the morbidly rich can gain the system by legislating what they want. Your Citizens United and other legislative bills, they have given money the same rights as the First Amendment, money is free speech. The corporate elites hire think tanks and they pour limited, unlimited amounts of money into the pockets of politicians willing to advance austerity on the people. Yes. They have brought, they have bought up and out 90% of the media so their voice is all you hear in the mainstream media. For me, that says time to listen to the small, clear voice inside. And for me, that voice is y'all, KPFT. I appreciate that, Jack. Absolutely appreciate that. That's the reason we, we have this voice here, to put that message out. The problem is uh, you mentioned something that is very important, and I speak about it a lot when I talk about the Powell Memo. Anybody who has not heard about the Powell Memo, I have the entire thing at egbertowillies.com because just do a search on Powell Memo. This isn't by accident. The orchestration of dummifying America was detailed in the Powell Memo by Lewis Powell, who became a Supreme Court Justice. Uh, put there, uh, And he was a Democrat, Installed into the Supreme, just uh, into the Supreme Court by Richard Nixon, and he wrote as a member of the Chamber of Commerce that progressives, meaning when they, whenever they talk about progressives, they mean as people are starting to gain their rights, as people are starting to ask the question, why am I working so hard to get a pittance while the person who owns the industry that I am in is making record profits on the work that I do? Why is that a legitimate thing to occur? As people started asking those questions, the business people realized, wait a minute, this model is under danger. It's under duress. From whom? From the people who are actually making the money. 
the people who are actually being the exactly you just said it jack the people who are actually doing the work and he had a list of things that was necessary to do and it all begins with the word infiltration we must infiltrate the churches. We must infiltrate the schools. We must infiltrate the political parties. We must infiltrate every aspect of your life with a message that we said. They said we must counter everything progressives are saying, and we must develop think tanks. Henceforth, the Cato Foundation, the Federalist Society, all these different groups that came up there to make lies or to make misinformation seem correct. Propaganda. This is not by accident, Jack. And the biggest problem no. that we have is as they have infiltrated the media. When you hear uh, MSNBC or any one of these stations say, well, the Cato Institute says X, Y, Z, they are using the media to promote a narrative that came from an institution who has the benefit of the corporatocracy at hand. And these are the things that not enough of us have the wherewithal to preach. The internet, when it came about, I said several decades and change ago, I said the internet was going to be the great equalizer. So we started, and when I say we, I'm talking a whole large group of independent um, independent thinkers started to do a whole lot of stuff start on the internet. Net neutrality. Exactly. And then what did they start to kill? Net neutrality. I wrote a piece on net neutrality <laughs> Back in the day for common, I think I wrote it for common dreams. And what happened then when we were under move to amend? The idea was to kill net neutrality so that, again, the corporatocracy could be able to buy the media. Game the system. Exactly. Yes. So it meant while, while there, there are articles that I would write would get 50, 60, 70,000 views first and second day. In one day, because of how things started to work, you get throttled. America doesn't, America doesn't understand. You know, we talk about China very often. China being a communist country because the government tells people what to do. All America, American plutocracy has learned to do is China in an antiseptic manner. In other words, they don't tell you you can't do something. They just ensure you can't, right? In other words, there are Cut two ways to do something. Knees. Go ahead, sir. Uh, well, I was playing off what you were saying. They cut you off the knees when you can't do anything. Exactly. Financially. So, you know, uh, I, I, I'm thinking about, you know, when I say fascism, also calling it corporatism, mm -hmm. you know, for the, for the influence that they have in our lives. Right. You know, they, they want to sell us everything that comes into our lives so they can profit off of everything we do. There's nothing they don't leave any room for the poor, poor to eke out a living. Well, anymore. the interesting thing is that we have the, you know, a lot of people think we have the poor because of people lacking the will to have. In other words, we like to call people lazy, etc., etc. You can usually they lack the opportunity. Thank you. It's not only that they lack the opportunity, but you can look at any bus stop in the hood, any bus stop in the barrios, any areas in Appalachia. I'm talking about places where the poor are concentrated. Okay, you can look at all these places, and what I see is I don't see people that are not wanting to work. 
I see people that are so underpaid that they create generational, mental, and physical poverty. Okay? In other words, I see, what I see are people that if they were, if they were compensated, commensurate with the work that they do, they would be able to take care of their kids so that their kids would have a higher level of success. They would be able to live a life, but that's not what it's all about. And what's about the, the most... caste system. Exactly. They use a caste system to, to, you know, basically to discount what they don't want to pay for. Exactly. And what I see, sir, you're absolutely right. What I see, and, and you know, the, the thing about it, what's, what, what is great here in the United States of America is we know how to do all these things in a form that I call antiseptic, right? In the days when uh, people... To the law. Right, exactly. <laughs> in the days when, in the days, and, and I, I'll, I, make, I make this, tell this story often because I want people to understand it in detail. In the days people look, who looked like myself and Roberto... We were the ones that were called slaves and we were the ones who had to work for free and we the, uh, were the ones who had to do that kind of thing, right? That's how it used to be. We could delineate uh, the underclass by the shade of their skin. In other words, the, the indigenous people had a certain, uh, those things that were relegated to them, etc., right? But in a system yes. that eats, that has to continuously devour, what people don't understand is race is immaterial. Race didn't come into existence until it was needed for an economic system. Okay, race don't mean deadly squat. You know, race means deadly squat. But when it came to so an economic could, system, it was needed. But here's so the they could exclude a segment of the people from taking the opportunity they were offered. Right, but Jack, check out the magic. Here's the magic. All the people like to talk about emancipation proclamation and they like to talk about, okay, we're free now, etc. No, it's just that the economic system found a more efficient form of slavery. And a lot of people don't yes. like when I say this. Did you want to say something? Well, like, no, 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 I'm talking to Lou right now. Uh, hold on a second. Stay with me, Jack. Lou. Well, I just want to just uh, embark on what you just said earlier. Um, sometimes... Um, as a person living in the United States, we don't want to admit or don't want to acknowledge that there is, uh, we still living in a segregation way of, of, of the way that the country is really built. You mentioned a lot of things earlier talking about, uh, you can go to certain different, uh, I would say zip codes and you will see different, uh, things that has been done with different zoning in different communities. Some get more than the others and everything like that. But uh, America has to understand the magnitude of what was started, where it was begin, and there's a lot of laws that needs to be changed. If we don't change these laws in the uh, legislature, legislature, sorry, and, and we will continue doing these things because without rules and laws, we cannot change. So that's why we as people of all different race and all different color, we need to come together as one because the last that I know, when we share blood, there's only one blood going out there. It's not going out <laughs> of uh, what type of color you are. 
So we have to come together as human beings to make changes. We need to make changes with the law first. I, I'm glad that you said make changes with the law first, right? Because we can't change somebody's heart immediately, exactly. but we can change, change the, the law immediately. Yeah. Yes. We can change the law. Yeah. But I, 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 want to, I, I wanted to finish. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. And I want to say one thing, too, is that um, sometimes uh, when I tell uh, like we have in this, this is a great show. Uh, you know, you can have a, a, a better show at this when we are embarking and getting our, our, our voices heard by, by human beings that live in this situation that are able to speak out. That's what I love this show, Mr. Politics Done Right, and with the uh, station KPFT. They're doing a wonderful job by expanding not only the word, but we are opening up minds of different race, color, everything to share their voices so that we can be heard. Because uh, if we don't do that, uh, it, we're all still behind the uh, closet. The curtains, we need to come out of that. We need to come out and speak your mind. Oh. Let it be heard. My, my, my Panamanian brother, oh, you know, <laughs> el, el locutor está hablando con, con the, we grew up together. You know, I just love having Roberto in the, in the studio with me today. You know, um, we go back such a long time. It's touching. Anyway, uh, I wanted to add to, uh, I, I was talking to, um, I wanted to tell Jack about what I, what I thought when we're moving on from slavery, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I always said that our economic system found a, a better way. And Bridge NCP says, go Roberto. So Bridge NCP is a fan. Anyway, uh, here, here, here's the deal. Our economic system found something better than the type of slavery based on hue. Labor. Yes. And that labor, it's called employee. And employee means this. When I was a slave, my master had to clothe me to make sure that I didn't freeze in the winter or didn't explode in the summer. My master had to make sure that I was fed. My master had to make sure I had food to eat. And my master had to make sure I quite didn't get sick such that I couldn't make him a lot of money when I'm out there in the fields or when I'm out there in the factory working for him for free. And notice I said working for him for free because remember back in those days women had zero rights. Let's remember that. Zero rights. Now that master has found a better, a better form of slavery. He says that employee, guess what? Just like the Ford, just like Ford made parts interchangeable, just like Ford ensured that you could build a car and repeat it over and over and over again, the corporatocracy said, this thing called employee, we can have it. And guess what? We don't necessarily have to clothe it. We don't necessarily have to feed it. We don't necessarily have to give it health care to keep them healthy. We don't have to do anything. And guess what's the best part? Whenever we tell them, you're fired. We no longer need your services. Or if you get too sick and we fire you because it's a new form of slavery, you are expendable. And, mm -hmm. you know, when I was a slave, if that slave killed me, if that slave got rid of me, 
if that or if that master killed me, got rid of me, or did whatever, that master was losing an asset. I had an asset value. So he was immediately reducing his, what again? Net worth. But you lose an employee, your net worth stays the same, brother. In fact, you lose an employee, your net worth could actually go up because you are you're throwing away a lot. Suppose that employee had cancer and it was, it was costing your health care. Get rid of that employee. No longer have to worry about that. Throw that employee onto the state. I wish people would forget about ideology and start looking at numbers. As an engineer, that's all that I look at. Numbers. 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 And what the numbers say is that things like racism, sexism, homophobia, all these things, their genesis is economics. And when we learn that, and when we learn that we are but economic pawns to this system, then we'll start saying, let's change, as, it, as my brother Roberto says, let's change the laws. Let's change the laws to reflect our humanity. Let's change the laws not for uh, supporting the few. Let's change the laws to reflect our humanity. 713-526-5738, extension number two. You will get on air right away. We have uh, Tori that's going to be coming up. And after Tori is gone, the lines will be empty. A lot of you, I know you love listening to what we have to say while you're not calling. But please call in and let us hear from you. Tori, come on in. You're hot, brother. Hey, Egberto. Talk to uh, me. I heard somebody talking about fascism earlier. And it always just kind of uh, makes me laugh a little bit. You know, because fascism is one of these overused words that has different meanings to different people, you know, like capitalism or socialism. Right. So, you know, in the social science world, it's almost useless to right. use these kind of words that you mean different things to different people. So we really need a good definition of fascism. And I've been paying attention to this for a long time. And everybody wants to define fascism by bad behavior. Right. And that just doesn't cut it. Uh, because bad behavior defines humans in general. Right. Not fascism. Right. And anytime we're defining a political system, we need to look at it in terms of what class does it serve? Right. Okay. Is it, you know, the royalty or is it democracy to serve the people, to serve the corporations? And, you know, if you take some one definition of fascism, according to class analysis, that it's, you know, buying for the business class, because, you know, that's what's between the people and the monarchies that came before mm -hmm. anything that we might think of as democracy. It's the business class. And, you know, that's where the power is now in, you know, all across the world. And that's when this, when the revolution happened in the U.S. to go from a monarchy to whatever it is we have now, this bourgeois thing, you know, a country run by the business class for the business class. Uh, to me, that pretty much defines fascism. And but the genius of it is that it was constitutional fascism. Right. But it still had all the hallmarks of all the bad behavior. You know, the genocide of the Native Americans, the slavery, the this and the that, and to the point where you know Hitler 
admired everything about the U.S. Uh, he wanted to do the same thing in Africa uh, that the English had done in the U.S. You know, get rid of the indigenous population, replace it with white European farmers. And so, you know, the U.S. is, to me, the first fascist country. You know, the first country that is by the business class, for the business class. The difference between European and American fascism is one is constitutional and the and rule of law, and the other one is run by dictators. And World War II teaches us that uh, when you don't have rule of law, you can't really have successful capitalism because capitalism needs rule of law to enforce contracts. Right. And so when investors don't feel safe, they split. And so, you know, it's not like we're a democracy and Germany was fascist. I mean, they were both fascist. One was constitutional fascism, and the other is just dictatorship fascism. And so, you know, a lot of working class people uh, get the benefit of having the rule of law. And so, you know, it's a better form of fascism. Okay. But it's fascism. It's the original fascism. The U.S. defines fascism, in my mind. All right. I read you, Tori. I read you, Jack. I, I, and Jack, uh, thank you for holding on there. I have to ask Jack to give a close-in because I need to go to the next subject. Okay, so I'll let you go. That's it. Thank you, Tori. Jack, you want to sure. give a closer real quick? Uh, no, no, I'm not, I'm not going to comment now. Uh, I, I will join you later on. Thank you very much for calling in, Jack. Okay, let's go to uh, – well, I'll wait for them to get, it, get that ready. Uh, okay, it seems like Tag wants to come in. So come on in, Tag. I see it's green. Tag, come on in. Hey, Egberto. Um, you know how everybody says that by adding additional gun laws that it's not going to resolve the gun problems right. we have? You know, I just had this thought I think you'll enjoy. It's like the reason gun laws don't work is because we have some politicians sitting on top of the heap who disregard the law? They are not setting a good example. Exactly. So who's going to fo who's going to follow laws that these guys who are supposed to be our leaders are not following in the first place? And it's obvious you could make all the laws that apply to the Supreme Court justice or to a president, and you're going to have these people that blatantly disregard these laws. So what do you expect out of people with a gun? Hey. You know. Look, Tag, I want, I'm, you know, you open the door to another subject, but like I said, this is your show, so you can always do that at your will. I want to address yeah. that because I think it, what you just said is so important. When you have a Florida about to pass a law that says irrespective of, of background checks or whatever, every human being can just go ahead and buy a gun and have a gun. When you have a law in Texas that says anybody can get a gun, you don't need to get any, you don't have to uh, have any training to use that gun. When you go state, red state after red state after red state, and with a, a few exceptions, let's say a Vermont, which is a rural state that people want to have their shotgun. When you go state after state where guns are becoming a laissez-faire kind of a thing, you want a gun, you get a gun. What do you think to, you will expect? The gun use, and again, like we know, mostly among family members or friends, among each other, they kill themselves. But that said, we don't have to ask questions about what this type of gun laws, getting rid of these types of actions we have with guns in the United States would do. 
Let's just look to Australia. Let's just look to New Zealand. Let's just look to the UK. Let's just look to France. Let's just look to Czechoslovakia. Well, there's no more Czechoslovakia. The Czech Republic, the <laughs> Slavic Republic. Let's just look at all these different countries and see how terribly we do with drugs, I mean with guns. Are we any more violent than these countries? No. Are we less, any less psychologically impaired than these countries? No. The only difference is we have a hell of a lot of guns that people can get at will. It's not rocket science for us to understand this. And the, the thing about it is that the party that believes in family values and the party that likes to call itself the party of law, I mean the party of laws and the party of life, or the party that is supporting the murder, the pilfering of our people. Now, this isn't rocket science to explain. My only thing is that when it comes to, let's say, a lot of the Democratic Party and a lot of even progressives, I think they are derelict in their duties. We allowed crime to be an issue in the 2022 election. We are, Go ahead, real quick. And that's exactly, you just hit the nail right there. And that's exactly... Uh, um, what I'm saying, you see, like how oh, you just uh, illustrated all those different countries, right? Comparing to what USA is, uh, the government allow you to continue killing folks because the law is not as strict at at uh, at least like these other uh, countries. These other countries, because you will pay the penalty. If you just uh, go out there and just kill somebody just like that, uh, they don't they don't treat folks like how they treat here in the U.S. by trying to uh, go and determine what psychologically find out if 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 you have some psychologically something damaged in your brain or what what was the reason why oh we will uh you know uh try to get a doctor and try to figure why did you went out and rampage and kill 16 oh, people uh those other countries don't go to that type of a a a, a way to 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 define what make you went out there to kill these innocent people. But like you know that. what, Roberto, the, and, and to, to, to the audience at large, the thing about it is, remember, it's all about money. Yes. You, know, the, you know, these guys want as many guns out there because they sell guns and they get it into the hands of people as more, you know, it's funny because every, every answer is a gun. Okay, the, sh the school got shot up. There's a politician that goes out and he says, well, you know what? Never has happened. And the schools where teachers can have guns, nobody tried to shoot up that school. Oh, really? Egberto? Yes, sir. Egberto? Yes, Tag. May, may I just say this much? As, you know, my point, the reason I called is to say that we have politicians who have a blatant disrespect for the law. Yes. And, and whether it's in the Supreme Court or whether it's a past president, until we actually bring law leaders to, to Washington, to our state capitals, who actually will abide by the law, we're going to continue to have a lot of lawbreakers in all different manners, just not guns. Uh, guns was just an example. We need to get honest uh, politicians who will follow the law. And, and that's why it doesn't help to make any more gun laws, because too many people won't follow them anyway. And, and it all starts right from the top of with people who refuse to follow the law, because they're, they're above the law. So with that, I'm going to go. Thank you very much. Okay, Tag, thank you. Uh, but Tag, wait, wait, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. All right. What, uh, because I always like to have some sort of solution, right? My, what I think of solutions many times is education. What's your solution? 
Well, I agree with you 100%. It's education. And, and we've had a lot of people who said they're getting politically active. But what they did is they got snowed by political hype and, and lies. Thank you. And, 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 and the, the whole problem is, is that that kind of glitz and glamour does not make good politicians. We need politicians who are honest. And, and it's really sad in, in our country that you have a good, honest politician like Jimmy Carter, and he got, he got stepped on and oh, pushed please. aside. And, that, you I, know, you we, so right. Yeah, we need people like Jimmy Carter to, to be our leaders going forward. And we need a, a, an informed electorate to, to not be electing people like George Santos. You know, attack before you go, I wrote an article about how much I loved Jimmy Carter and how great a president I thought he was. Uh, the one of likely the most honest president and the one that has achieved the most outside of the presidency. Uh, it's an article I thought Democrats, many of them would just pick up and run with. It came with a nod. It's a shame. Yep. Thank you very much, Tag. You have a wonderful Well, and Ernesto, write, write an article for me because I might write it myself, but write an article how we need more politicians like Jimmy Carter, and we need to get rid of the I tell you what, like Tag, Santos. I have a job for you right now, because I like, <laughs> to, I like to print third-party blogs when they make sense like you do. Write the blog, okay. send it to me. It will be printed all over the place, all right? <laughs> yeah, thank you, Ernesto. You have a good day. You too, sir. All right, folks, I, remember I said we had several subjects. And of course, like I said, also, you had the right to change the subjects around. We didn't get as many callers as I thought we were going to get on, on today. Did you want to say something? Go ahead. Yeah, actually, I did want to come in a little bit uh, because while I agree with Tag's core point that we need uh, people who are going to be honest yes. in office, people who, you know, whether they believe themselves to be politicians or whether they believe themselves to be whatever trade that they chose to go into, we need honest people in, in power. I think specifically for the gun issue, I don't think it's just a gun issue. I think it's a violence issue in general. Right. And I think that we're not going to really address violence by just banning one type of violence, by just in increasing restrictions on guns. On I think if we're going to address violence, we need to address the root causes, which, in my opinion, and my opinion as a, as a socialist, is the lack of resources going to people who need them drives people to desperation. That desperation drives people to do things that don't always make sense that they wouldn't otherwise do. I, like want, I, I want to address you because it has nothing to do with your, uh, first of all, you're absolutely right. Thank you. But it has nothing <laughs> to do with what your, your, your political belief is. The, the statement that you say, that you said, stand on its own. The genesis of violence Oftentimes, it's, it's uh, poverty, mm -hmm. it's lack of education. Mm -hmm. Yes, we do have psychopaths. After all, Donald Trump was our president. There are psychopaths who, irrespective of education, irrespective of their financial stature, they are still genetically bad. Well, I, I would... I would you know, just clarify that a little bit. Well, because, please clarify because I'm pretty sure we'll agree. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, I, I actually don't believe that there is such a thing as inherent evil. I believe that evil is a choice people make, and I believe anything that people haven't chosen to do cannot be evil. I think it's something that they can need help with right. to lead a, a, well, a life of dignity and respect others' dignity, but it doesn't make I, me I, I think deep inside, I have to agree with you, and let me tell you why. I look at Bill Gates. I love Bill Gates for, uh, for giving away most of his billions, but Bill Gates didn't earn those mm -hmm. billions. But he understood deep on the inside that he 
thinks he was lucky about it as opposed to have been privileged to get it, but he realized that he had to give it out. I think if we, if we take what you've said and what I've said and bring it down to its roots, mm -hmm. we, will, we would probably agree on that without a problem. So, brother, that's why we have multiple heads thinking about things. That's how we make a change. Absolutely. Real quick. And with that said, also to what you just said with uh, with evilness, mm -hmm. uh, um, that also can be also defined of how that has been embedded in you as a child. If, if, if you embedded evil as a child coming up, what do you think you want to do when you keep growing? You want to keep doing evilness. And so, 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 yes. That's important what you just said for this reason. Because when, when he said what he said, when I talked about Bill Gates and liking Bill Gates, but that Bill Gates inherently, Bill Gates is a guy who came out and said, I used to write a lot of software in the early days, and I would give away my software for free, right? Bill Gates wrote software, and Bill Gates, because of how he was reared, he said, no, you don't give away software, and he wrote an entire article as to why we must not give away software for free. And he became a billionaire from doing that, and guys like me and the thousands of others, including those here in Houston and LPC and these other groups, we didn't make any money because we thought of the craft of of moving knowledge forward. Anyway, uh, how much minutes I got now? Two, three more minutes? Yeah. Thank you, guys. Let me tell you something, guys. I have two more articles. Forgive student debt. We should forgive student debt. It makes a better economy. And also, if we don't forgive it, remember, those people who got debt did it for the corporatocracy. The people who are going to profit off of the debt that the students did, most of them, is going to be the corporate state. Justice Thomas, he's demeaning the court. Justice Thomas has showed that the Supreme Court, on his part, is up for sale. Those two articles are found in the newsletter that I sent out for the show today as well. You can read that at politicsunright.com slash newsletter. The reason I'm giving you that is these are important articles that, that have a shelf life. I want you guys to see it, understand it. You can always call me at, um, on Monday in the show on Monday and say, hey, Berto, I agree with you or I disagree with you. We'll cover a lot more of this uh, today at the 3 o'clock show. Anyway, I just got my one-minute cue from the one and only Andrew. And I'd like to tell you guys, thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. My name is Egberto Willis. I want to thank Roberto Lewis for being here with me. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics on Right. Are you guys know how in this baby? I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.